and David have kissed each other with goodbye, and they part the company. As the Pasuk says in Pasuk Aleph, Vayakam Vayelech 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 Vayakam Vayelech which means David got up and left, and then Yenison comes back to the city. Now, where is David going to die? David is now a fugitive. He knows that the king is looking for him and is going to kill him. David also hasn't eaten for three days. He's been hiding in the desert. Obviously, he had no food there. And this is now three days where he hasn't had anything to eat. And in fact, we're going to see that Chazal tell us that Yenison was somewhere at fault. Because on the one hand, Yenison is coming to give David a message. And that is that, don't come back, no, run for your life, you're going to be pursued by Shaul. But at the same time, he doesn't do anything to help David. And provide him with money, with food, with something which uh, David would be able to take with him. Obviously, wasn't Yenison meant harm in any way. On the contrary, you know, Yenison was David's biggest ally, his biggest friend. But nevertheless, the Chazal did find a certain level of fault with Yenison. Why didn't you, if you know David has to run for his life, why didn't you provide him with something that, he can help, that will help him? So why really didn't Yenison do that? It would seem that, based on what you saw in the story beforehand, Yenison was scared he was being followed. And therefore, when he went to meet David, he took his, uh, the, the boy with him to shoot the arrows, and no one would mistake what he was doing as a meeting with David. And if that's the case, had he come laden with provisions for what was just meant to be an excursion to shoot arrows, would definitely have a real suspicion. And maybe because of that, Yannison felt that it was more dangerous to take things with him than just to go out empty-handed, so to speak. Either way around, the problem is David now is faced with a uh, prospect of having to run for his life with no provisions. So where does David go? In Pasuk Vayas, Vayavi, David, Nova. David comes to Nova. Nova was the place where the Konim were, the city of the Konim. And he goes there, El Achimelech HaKoyin. Now, Achimelech, as a Kohen Gadol, obviously knew the royal family, he knew who David was, he knew who Yashal's son-in-law. So, Vayecherat Achimelech, Dikras David, Achimelech Vayecherat, so to speak, is a sign of he made haste to come and greet David. Uh, obviously, he understood this must be, if the son-in-law of the king is coming, he understood this must be a message from the king. In other words, it wasn't a public knowledge that Shaul was looking to attack David, was looking to chase him. And therefore, Achimelech thinks that by, uh, so to speak, greeting Shaul, he's really respecting the king. And he says, Why are you by yourself? Why is no one with you? It wasn't becoming somebody of the, of the, of the royalty to go unaccompanied. And that's why, again, Achimelech expecting David's coming on some royal shlichus, we would have expected that there should be people with him. That's why he asks him, why by yourself? And the Navi emphasizes that the Shah said Achimelech wasn't trying to do anything, so to speak, against Shaul. On the contrary, he had assumed and was very right to assume that if David's coming, it's because it's on Shaul's instruction. Now, the next part needs explanation. Because, look how David responds. David says Achimelech Tivani Davo. I have instruction from the king. And he says to me, No one should know about the mission I'm sending you on or the the job I've given you to do. And that's why I'm going on the announce. I'm going on a, so to speak, undercover mission which no one's meant to know about. Yedati means I made them know where they have to meet me in a certain undisclosed location. And... Therefore, I'm, I'm traveling by myself because it's on a secret mission. Now, obviously, it wasn't true. 
obviously it wasn't true. David wasn't sent by Shaul. On the contrary, David was running away from Shaul. There were no Noarim who had been sent to a secret location to meet him. And uh, David tells the story, which he understands is a way to hopefully get Achimech to help him. And he understands himself that if he tells Achimech the truth and says, on the contrary, I'm not coming on, as a mission from Shaul, I'm running for my life from Shaul, so Achimech is more likely to be loyal to Shaul than to him. And the question is, even if that's the case, does that justify making up a story which wasn't really true? And as you see, it's going to have disastrous consequences. Okay, so we'll talk about that soon. Let's just see what, ha- what happened as a result. And now, for, therefore, giving uh, Achimech this false message, so now David asks him, If you money have, uh, uh, so to speak, available as food, if you have chamisha, lechem, if you have five loaves of bread, yadi. Give it to me by an imso. If you don't have five loaves, give me whatever there is. Why do you ask for five loaves? Because this was meant to back up the story he had said that there were other people that he was meant to be meeting. So he said, I want food for everybody. Whereas if he only asked for food for himself, it would have looked suspicious. Like, uh, if you do claim to have other people, so why don't you take care of them as well? Either around, Vayana Koyan is David. So the Koyan answers David, I don't have any bread which is chol, I only have bread which is kodesh. Now, what was the bread which was kodesh? So, the Mephoshim explained, this was the lechem hapani. The lechem hapani. In other words, Achimelech said, we don't have any regular bread that I can give people who are not konim. The only bread we have is lechem kodesh, which is meant for the konim. Uh, the lechem hapani was meant specifically for the konim. And if that would be the case, why would it be mutter to give it to David? So, we have to explain a few things about the lechem hapani. As you know, the Lechem Aponim was put on the Shulchan every Shabbos. And the Yom Shabbos, the Pesach says, Ya'achen Ha'akoyin. And the old Lechem Aponim was taken off the Shulchan. And the, the, the Lechem Aponim was meant to be eaten that day and the following night by the Kohenim. So which means if the Lechem Aponim was removed Shabbos afternoon from the, from the Shulchan, so the Kohenim had that afternoon to eat it, and the night of Monday Shabbos. The next day, like everything, the Beis there was a time limit when it could be eaten, and if it's done the next day, then it will be possible by dinner. So, the question is, what are we talking about? When the Kohen says, I don't have Lechem Chol, I only have Lechem Kodesh. Are we talking about Lechem Kodesh, which had already been removed from the Shulchan, and was meant for the Kohen to eat? And if that's the case, what the Kohen was saying to David is, I'm not really meant to be giving this to you, because it's Matan's Kohen, it's meant for the Kohen, and not for someone who's not a Kohen. Or are we talking about the Lechem Kohen, which was on the Shulchan? Which means there wasn't, they weren't really allowed to move it because it was meant to be there until the following Shabbos, and David wanted the lechem which is on the shulchan. So what right does David have to eat lechem Either way around, he's not a kohen, and this is Matan's kohen. So what right does he have to eat it? So the interesting point is, why did the kohen have nothing else? Well, the kohen says that we have no lechem except for lechem kodesh. Why not? What are the kohen eating all week? In other words, lechem upon him that we eat like we said Shabbos afternoon. And the night of Matthew Shabbos. So what are they the rest of the week? Every carbon had uh, lechem bread with it. Um, most carbonists had lechem bread with it. So one could say that they were relying on the current carbonists the whole time to give them food to eat. There's another option also, and this is an interesting one, and that is they could have had, it could be they had trimmer. Because the trimmer is also meant only for kronim, and, uh, and that's also something which the kronim wouldn't be allowed to give to a non kohen And now it's an interesting question. If there's an option between the two, for someone who's not a kohen to eat truma, or for someone who's not a kohen to eat lechem upon him, what's worse? It would seem that eating truma is worse. 
And the Torah says that eating truma is chayav mesa. So that's more serious than eating lechem aponim, which would just be taking a bialat, taking which is meant to be for the coin, and giving and eating it by a non coin. So if Dov is asking for food, the coin would tell him that, that the food which is the most, which is let's say the least awesome for the coin to eat, well for the non coin to eat would be the lechem aponim. That's what he tells him. But he says even if uh, it's going to be so he's taking something which belongs to the coin to give the lechem aponim to a non coin, but if, as long as no one's tommy, because if, uh, if someone's tommy, it says this is the rice. He didn't catch him with some his chorus. And therefore he says in Nishmu Hanarim Achmeisha, those yeah, people that you said you're taking the food for, you have to make sure that they, they've been guarded themselves from a woman, which means they wouldn't be tommy in any way. And if that's the case, then the coin is willing to give them uh, the lechem aponim. Like we said, some of us should explain that the story happened on Ramat Shabbos, or even on Shabbos itself, and that's why the Kohen had Lechem Aponim. It's available now. And some said that we're talking in the middle of the week, and we're talking about actually taking Lechem Aponim off the Shulchan. Now, why did David so much want the food? So the Gemara says in this, the Gemara says that David, having had not eaten for three days, was the master of the Kohen Nefesh. And therefore he felt that whatever it is that you're going to give me, I have to eat, because if I don't eat, I'm going to die. And he made the others the Pukarach Nefesh, and that allowed him to even eat something which is normally also, obviously, the Rachid of Pukarach Nefesh, that everyone's uh, allowed to eat anything because it's uh, saving one's life. And that's what the Ketavid answers the coin in Pasuk Vav. Hayan David is a coin. The David responds to the coin, Hayan Melai, verse Yukim Isha at Surah Gitmashilisham. We've kept us all separate from women for the last two or three days, so we don't have to worry about Tumah. Now, Betaisi Vayil, Kleyan Arim Kaidish. Also, all the young men I told you about. So when we left, they were all Kodesh. Everyone's right to eat Kodesh, no one was Tomei. And number two, uh, now that the Yechon HaPonim has already been taken off the Shulchan, we explained it with you that Mahalach of Sarashi explains it. So that's the case. So then it's, it's closer to being Chol. It's no longer being used for the Avayda. It's now really something which is able for, given to Kodesh to eat. So it's not so Chomer. To take something, so to speak, from the Kanyan, as to take something which has been used still for the best of Mikdash, the Afkia Yer Mikdash Pekali. And that says, and even if today it would have been Kam Kodesh, which is even if you're talking about the new bread which you just put onto the Shulchan, really I'd be allowed to take that as well. Why? Because of Pekorach Nefesh. Because of Pekorach Nefesh, so I would be allowed to, I'd be allowed to eat whatever it's going to be. So a question about the timeline here. Um, is this is the same day that this can't. This is Shabbos. This is Shabbos. So when did Yonason go out? So if you have the time, of course, you have to say that the two days Rosh Chodesh were Wednesday and Thursday, and then the day Yonason went out is Friday, and now that this happens, Shabbos, David arrives in Nov, which is the first day oh, that he has to eat. This is in Nov already. This is in Nov, right. Uh-huh, so they went Shabbos on Friday, and right. he arrived in Nov on Shabbos. Right. And that's why he wants to have a point, because that's what is available now. Now, this day, which is that person's allowed to, the person's allowed to uh, eat things which are also, in order to save him from Pekach Nefesh. There's a Gemara Mavakam, uh, in the end of Sikh Parak. The Gemara raises a very interesting question. And that is, does Pekach Nefesh also matter taken from somebody else? In other words, Pekach Nefesh is matter a person eating food which is nobody also. But is, uh, is it, if a person is going to steal Pekach Nefesh, can he steal food as well? Does Pekach Nefesh matter a person to steal? The Gemara says that this is actually a suffix later in Dover Melech's own life. If a person, in the words of the Gemara, 
Is a person allowed to save himself by taking his friend's money? Now, it's a very strange question. Because if a person can be Mechal Shabbos and eat in Yom Kippur, and eat Kreif or, or Chometz to save his life, so why shouldn't he be able to steal to save his life as well? So there does, we shall explain, that the Gemara wasn't asking the question, is a person allowed to steal to save his life? The answer is definitely yes. The question would just be, does a person have to repay it? You know, let's say a person was in the state of Pekach Nefesh and they were forced to steal food just to live. Now, do they have to pay for the food that they stole? Do we say that because they were in a matter of Sakonis Nefashas, really the owner had the Chiyuv to give them food? And if that's the case, they didn't do anything wrong by taking it because Bahalacha had the owner of the food been asked, he would have had to give it to them because you can't do somebody that. And maybe if that's the case, they don't have to pay it back. But do we say that? That's irrelevant. Right now, you took it without permission. So even though you were allowed to take it, but you still have to repay it. And that's the question that the Gemara discusses there, according to Tosis, according to those who shown you. In which case, there'd be no question over here. And that is that David would be allowed to take food, um, even if it belonged to the Kohenim, because it was, if, he was the, if he was in the mass of Yikorach Nefesh, that's take everything. There are Rishonim who seem to in the Gemara, though, in a simple uh, meaning, and that is, the Gemara is asking exactly that question. Is a person allowed to steal to save his life? And what would the Tzad be that not? Why not? A person can be Mechal Shabbos to save his life. Why wouldn't be a person be allowed to steal? Oh, so the answer is, and it's a fascinating idea, and that is, when it comes to the Lord Makam, the Kaddish Baruch gives a person the right to dis- disregard the Torah, so to speak, to save his life, that doesn't necessarily mean that another person will do the same thing. And if that's the case, if I, if I, can't, if I need them to give me permission to take their thing, so the others the Shemesh seem to learn that without that, I can't, I can't take something which belongs to somebody else. In which case, so he also, David would have had to ask for the Rechma Panin, it would belong to the Kohen, he would be able to take it on his own. Okay, so that, if that's the case, David's argument, that is, even if you just put it on the Shulchan, or will be able to take it from the Shulchan, my understanding is because at that stage it still belongs to Hashem. It's only given to the Kohen when it comes off the Shulchan, and David's saying, if I'm a Matzah of Nefesh, or even be allowed to it's so to speak, prepared from the Shulchan because it would be a, a taking away from Benam uh, al so to speak, which Hashem allows in order to save a life. Now, there's a, there's a ramification to this question. And that is, it's a, a question which was asked in different forms. But really, it's a question which was discussed by who called the Chachmi Amsterdam 400 years ago. And that is, if a person, let's say, will call you up and say, listen, I'm having, I'm ready. Struggling terribly in business, and uh, all my creditors are handing me. I don't have to pay them. If you don't give me half a million dollars to pay all my debts, I'm going to kill myself. Is that mechayev a person to give the money to save someone else's life? So that was the case which happened. And on that, the chacham Amsterdam had a psak. We have the tshuva, and they said, look, the, a case that a person puts himself into sakanas tafashas, I'm not mechayev to do something to save them. Tell the person, don't kill yourself. You have no right to, to do yourself injury. You have no right to put yourself in a uh, In a case like that, then there's no chiyuv on somebody else to have to pay money to save somebody who would, who's threatening to massacre themselves, to endanger themselves. But if the person would say, would be in the sakana. And then said, like it was in Eastern Europe, that a debtor could be thrown into debtor's prison and or be killed arbitrarily. And if that's the case, if it's the creditor saying, if you don't pay me the money, I'm going to kill the captive. So then there's a real question, is a person mukhiv to pay or not? Is a person mukhiv to pay or not? The halakha we pass that a person is not mukhiv to pay. 
and it's a it's a takana in the getting of the chachamim, and the only problem is to show you esimik that they made. We don't we don't release captives more than their value, so to speak. And the reason for that is is because it might help this individual that we're going to release him. But if if the the people who captured him now know that this is an easy way to get whatever they want, so they'll be putting everybody else into danger. Because now that it whets their appetite just to take other people captive in order to try and exalt you know, tremendous sums of money or whatever they want is ransom. So here also, the din of Yikar Nefesh has a barrier, has a certain limit. What a person is going to do to save a life, or when you say it, in the circumstances where we don't, we don't look for you, maybe we're not even meant to do that. Either way around, Achimelech doesn't apply to because from his position, he didn't think that David was a fugitive. He thought that David was coming on instruction of King Shaul and, uh, and a secret mission, and therefore, on the contrary, he thought he was, he was in, acting in service of the crown by helping David. Now, let's think for a moment. Uh, what would happen had it been the other way around? Had David come to Achimelech and said, Shaul wants to kill me, I'm running for my life and I need food, what would Achimelech be Mukhayyab to do? Because on the one hand, it's a case of a Nefesh. On one hand, it's a case of a Nefesh, someone is saying, if you don't give me food, I'm going to die. On the other hand, um, we know that he is running away from the king. And if that's the case, at least one has to take into account, does that make him a worry of Malchus? Am I obligated to help him? Am I obligated to try and catch him? Uh, um, what well, can I decide I'm doing nothing? Well, what does that mechaev me? What does that mechaev me? And this is also a very hard question to ask. Because let's say, in any case, we know somebody is, uh, is uh, being chased by the king. But rather than this is a situation of Bikar Nefesh. So does that mean, give me the right to say, I'm sorry, I don't want to help you. I know that uh, there's a price in your head. Or does that doesn't make a lot of difference? Because right now, you're in a situation of Bikar Nefesh. So right now, I've got a mitzvah to save your life. If afterwards I inform the king I found you, and he wants to you know, do what he wants to do, that's a different story. Uh, but uh, it doesn't pattern a person from his khiyaf to save someone's life. That's a very hard question to answer. Because when it comes to someone who's high missing, based in, so we ask him that once the, the basin has declared a person to be Chayav Misa, he's the guy for Katila. He's like someone who deserves to die. And that's the case, anyone can kill him. We don't have to save his life. But the fact that the king is chasing somebody doesn't necessarily yet put him into the category of a guy for Katila. Or someone who's already passed having of being deserving of dying, or being killed. And if that's the case, it could be the slow to save his life. Which means, even if David told Achimelech the truth, it could be that Achimelech was still to give him something. Because you can't let somebody die, whether he's, whether he's been chased by the king or not. That's an interesting question to talk about. Either way around, it wasn't what Achimelech knew, like we saw David didn't tell him the truth, and therefore he thinks he's helping the king by helping David. And that's what the Prophet says in Pasuk Zayn. But he didn't have Koyin Kodesh, the Koyin gave him the Lechem of Kodesh. The only food that there was, the Lechem of which had been taken off the Shulchan in front of Hashem, this is the way we read according to the Pshat. Which says that they weren't on the shulchan anymore, they were being taken off the shulchan. And then, which means, like we said before, that the story must have happened on Shabbos, which is why they had the still had the lechem upon um, However, the does like the Mary Crow explained, that it's not talking about when the lechem had already been taken off the shulchan, it's talking about the lechem which was still on the shulchan. And the words he explains that Hamasarim of Hashem means the lechem which was still on the shulchan, which was taken off in order to go to David. And that is the sum lechem ham biyami lachwe. That to put Nechem Kham fresh bread 
on the day it was taken off. So if you're talking about the fact that there was Shabbos, then it makes a lot of sense. And that is that uh, today was a day that the Lechem upon him was replaced with the new Lechem upon him, and that's why the Kohenim still had the other Lechem upon him. And because of that, uh, they, were, they were able to give us a David. If that's the case, it brings us another interesting point. We saw beforehand that David asked for five loaves of bread, five lechems. Now, there's a machlaik at the end of the Gemara of Sukkah. How, how did the Kalim split the lechem upon him? And one opinion says that the Mishmar, which was leaving, and the Mishmar, which was coming in, each one took six. Another one says that the Mishmar, which was leaving, took five, and the Mishmar took seven, and the new one coming in took seven. Why can they get the fact that they had to complete the jobs that the Mishmar, which was leaving, had begun? They're just closing the gates and cleaning the or whatever it would be. So that's why they gave them an extra lechem. Now that's the case. So then, even though the Mishmaras were in the rest of Mikdash, if there was something similar in the Rehachonim, so it could be that when David comes to Achimelech, and right now he's in duty, so he is finishing a Mishmar. And if that's the case, he's going to get five lechems, other lechem upon him, and David also does five lechems. That's what it was his to give, so to speak, and imagine that's what David asked for. Okay, so that's the din of taking Lechem Kham, of taking Lechem upon him. Now, so, so that was, that, that was what Achimeyach does to help David. But now, here's the problem. V'sham ish me'avdei shol v'yemuhu n'atzal ifnei Hashem. There was one of Shol's servants that day. We happened to be net, sorry, we happened to be waiting to be by Hashem. He was bad Moed. Ushmoy Doyeg Hadoimi. And that was Doyeg Hadoimi. Abir Haroy Meshadashal. Abir Haroy means he was the head of the Sanhedrin. So, as you know from the base of English, the Sanhedrin used to sit in Azar. And even in the time of Moed, when there wasn't a base of Megdosh, but as head of the Sanhedrin, so there was a certain connection that the base had to. The place where the Mizbeach was, the place of the Avoida, and that's why Daik, who was the Av Basin, happened to be in in Loib when this happens. But what's it mean? Not Nehazar? Nehazar means he was staying there. Especially with Shabbos, the Shabbos means he couldn't go anywhere. So then he was now by the, by, by the place, and really he was a witness to everything which happened. Right. So that's the first point. He sees that Achimelech gives Dawr Melech and Achimakoidesh. Now we're not done yet. V'yem David Achimelech. V'in yesh b'tachas yadcha chanis and chayev. Do you have any weapons with you? Why? Now this is strange. If David is going on the royal mission, so then why doesn't he come armed? That would be the normal way a soldier would go to battle. And so David has to explain himself. And he says, I never took my own sword or my own things with me because... I was in a rush to fulfill the instruction of the king. It was something of importance. And I ran for that to sword. Which again, is something very strange. Because as much as the person is in a rush to, to go to war, he's not going to leave his sword behind. So the fact that David said, yeah, I was in such a rush to go, I had to leave my sword behind, that doesn't really make sense. Uh, now, this is a rule. You often see in the Nach that there's a psik, like a gap between two parishes. You'll see it in the written Nach when you see the lines left empty. In the printed Nech, we'll see it by the Samach, or the pay between two lines. It's not always that you get in the middle of a conversation between two people, uh, a Samach. We assume they were talking to each other, there weren't any pauses in the conversation. They, they, continue, they just continue to pause, to talk. And then when you do find that in the middle of a conversation, 
and sent to you, like a me, a gap and a pause in the conversation, it means the other person doesn't really understand what's happened and like it takes some time to answer. Mm-hmm. So here also, the coin doesn't understand this. It doesn't make sense. If you're going on the royal mission, why do you take your sword with you? So there's a gap. And then afterwards he says, we have a sword, the sword of Goliath, which David was only killed, and like we said at the time, David brought the sword back with him and was wrapped in a cloth behind the ephod. The best sword there is ever here. There's no sword as good as that. So he takes Goliath's sword, which which had been kept by safekeeping by the by the by the Mizbech. And one wonders about that. Why would a person keep a sword by the Mizbech? That's not where it belongs. And they, even the especially that Allah is was not even allowed to touch the Mizbech with metal. So if you wanted to keep it as a war trophy, why would you keep why were they keeping the sword by the by the by the place of the avoid by the Mark of the Kanya? Would it have been better in the Shaul's palace or somewhere else? Why what is it doing by the Mizbech? So the the answer is that Rosea is a Pirsumi Nisa. Rosea is a Pirsumi Nisa. was a sign of the miracle that was done against God, yes? Never being in a place where lots of people would see it would be something which would be Christ in the nest. And being as a, this was the Mizbech where people came to bring their Korbanus, so it would be a popular destination. And if they saw God as a soul, that would remind everyone of the nest. Which could be why David originally took it to, to be Christ in the nest. And so they kept the sword by the Mizbech, where people would be aware of it. And But now David wants the sword, so Achimelech gives it to him, and uh, David, takes it, David takes it and runs with it. Okay, so that's, uh, that's the first part of the story. David's arrival by Achimelech, that David fools Achimelech and gets food from him, and even gets quite a sword from him. And we're going to see that for David this was necessary, it was a peculiar situation, but nevertheless it's going to have, as we'll see, very tragic uh, ramifications.